microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Episode 61. I, I didn't warn you. That we're starting? That's yeah. okay. I feel like uh, I feel like Mike Francesa because I got my Diet Coke. I should probably get one of those. Um, yeah, what's going on? I don't know. What's happening? I, I guess your bracket's pretty much... Uh, oh, we don't want to hear about other people's brackets. Can we just start there? If No one needs to hear about your bracket. Why? That's the fun of the whole thing. No, it's not. The fun is doing it yourself. The fun is not hearing somebody else's bracket. Just because you're out doesn't mean... But I never want to hear anyone else's bracket. You don't want to hear, like, if I have a chance to win? That That's all the information I need. And if I want to follow up and say, hey... I have a chance to win. What would it take for you to win? <laughs> Purdue. There you go. See, I just want to Purdue ask you a question. Uh, Big game tonight. But, like, I, we were on a uh, random text chain with a, a bunch of our friends, and everybody's just explaining who they pick. It's like, yeah, I mean, we're all in the same pool. I could just look up. If, I'm, if I care to know who Eric <laughs> Schneider took as his Final Four, I can just click on that. I don't, I, I don't need somebody who doesn't watch college basketball telling me who they picked and why they, you know, they're good or bad for it. Because I'll be honest, I know you don't know anything, so... <laughs> Doesn't matter to me what you. Well, pick. apparently no one knows anything in this friggin' tournament. It's all everyone's just a lot of upsets. Where do you come out on that? Do you enjoy it? Like, do you enjoy? Do you look at it and go like, "Hey, you know what? It's cool that we're going to see Loyola Chicago versus Kansas State in the final eight. Or are you like, dude? I, I really just wish I could see Kansas and Kentucky. Well, I think that it, it's obviously. Uh, a great setup for all these upsets, but when it gets down to the finals, you're like, do I really want Loyola Chicago to win the national championship of basketball? No. I want to see the big guys fight it out. You know, the people that have been in, like, number one, you know, or, or top ten, at least, uh, throughout the season. I mean, why even have the rankings? But I still love the, the drama of everything. So I don't know. I'm torn, I guess. Okay. I'm making cases for both. Yeah. I'm, I think everybody's kind of on the same page with you there, though, right? Like, we don't want to see chalk. But we don't necessarily want to see really bad teams yeah. play. Like, I don't, I'm sure ratings were pretty down from last night because nobody cared about any of the teams. You know, Kentucky's the only big-name team there. Tonight's a little different. It's yeah. Friday. It's the second round of the Sweet Duke's playing, games. Villanova's playing. Uh, so there's some bigger names. Yeah. Uh, 
So I think Villanova's like the favorite right now. Yeah, they are, and I think Duke is second. I think those are the two. If you can, in fact, if you wanted to bet right now, you could make a good money. If, if there's any team out there that you really like, it might be worth betting on them because those two have all the money are tied up in them. In fact, we took Duke pre-tournament at plus 650, and they're still only a 4-1 to one favorite, and they're the second So highest. we took Duke to win? We did. We took North Carolina and we took Duke. One of those is still in the picture. We're not going to talk oh, about yeah. which one. <laughs> um, all right. I didn't. I don't remember us taking. We Duke, actually so did pretty good. good with our bets, except for the one that you screwed up. That uh, you gave a false information that it was plus two twenty five that there would be a buzzer beater. Well, you, I read it. I read it. You read it wrong. It was that there'd be a buzzer beater in the first round of sixty four. Yeah. So and I was arguing with the uh, website, and I was completely wrong. Shocking! Should that I just send an email back saying sorry? sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> Shocking that when you're betting on an offshore account, um, the customer isn't always right there. <laughs> and I'm sure they want to hear somebody like me, like arguing over 15 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they got guys like betting thousands of dollars, and I got this guy who keeps like yelling at them that that they're wrong. But that's probably usually how it goes, right? Like the guys who are going to bet thousands of dollars like they they'll take it you know yeah. they know what they're getting into it's the guys who are like hey you know that's 15 bucks man i get it um so yeah so you have any notes i got notes a lot of them are gonna be repeats for you because we met last night for games before we went to go see isle of dogs which is uh one of the subjects we're gonna talk about my first was that the trailer for karate kid 2 came out and it looks awesome. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Do you think... Well, it's not Karate Kid 2. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because Karate Kid <laughs> 2, new... right, happened. Um, and so did Karate Kid 3. But... Okinawa. Yeah. When he goes to Okinawa. That's right. Um, Peter Cetera. Um, so, yeah, this uh, new web series, YouTube series. It's, uh, it's a series? I thought it was a movie. No, it's a series. Oh. It's like uh, broken up into episodes. Okay. Well, it's exciting. It looks good. I Do you think William Zabka's got the chops to carry a series? Sure. I mean, it's it's going to be, what, 20-minute episodes for, like, five or six episodes? He, he's only been the bad guy in things. Like, he was the bad guy. I mean, I have to look up his IMDb while we're talking, but he was the bad guy. The trailer basically shows him as being the... I wouldn't say good guy, but he's the one you're rooting for. It seems like well, that they kind of, they're kind guy. of switching it on the uh, access here. Um, like he was okay. I'm trying to think. So for those, who knew that you were going to watch a Karate Kid and not want Daniel San to win? Well, the great thing is the Karate Kid on according to his IMDb page is like his first movie. It's a pretty good first movie for him. So he's the bad guy in that. He's the bad guy in just one of the guys. He's kind of the. I don't know if he's the bad guy, but he's kind of the bad guy in European Vacation. Remember, he's dating Audrey, or Aubrey, oh, yeah. and uh, Jack, and then she finds out that Jack's been cheating on her while yeah. she's in Europe, and she starts eating everything. Yeah. Uh, then he's the bad guy in Back to School, and then he reprises his role as the bad guy in the beginning of uh, Karate Kid 2. 
And then there's a whole bunch of like movies that you couldn't tell me if they were John Claude Van Damme movies or what after that. Things like Shoot Fighter, Tiger's Tale, Unlawful Passage, Shoot Fighter 2, High Voltage, Interceptor Force. So I couldn't tell you if he's a good guy or bad guy in any of that. Basically, the Karate Kid role got him all these like, these like, stunt cast roles where he goes in there and they're like, "Oh shit, that's the guy from Karate Kid." He's the bad guy of our like when when you think of your '80s villain, he's the guy, right? Like he's your first guy that comes to mind. Um, yeah. I mean, back to school. I was actually rooting for him because that guy who played. The main, the, the main guy was so horrible. <laughs> Good luck, Chaz. Um, so that was my first thing. My second thing is I, I, uh, I was telling you how I'm. I've been. I was reading all about this. Not to get into politics too much, but this Trump Tahoe trip, where he apparently was just banging everybody. <laughs> I mean, this guy was busy, and now, like today, they had that interview last night with the playmate that he supposed. And like, look. I don't. I mean, this isn't affecting my politic, my political view either way. Yeah. Like you know, if you got problems that way, you got problems that way. It's not, you know, but um, it is kind of comical that like there's this Tahoe golf tournament that he's at with like celebrities. It's him and like Roethlisberger. <laughs> Seriously, him and Roethlisberger paired up together, and like, I guess vivid sent out, like, adult entertainment sent out all these porn stars to just hang out. <laughs> and so they go after these idiots. Like, you know, like Trump, and you know, and, yeah. and uh, he winds up hitting it off, supposedly with Stormy Daniels, and they do their thing. But meanwhile, he also meets this playmate who, like, falls for him, and she's super hot, and, like, he's, like, at the height of his powers as far as uh, The Apprentice, so he's, like, this huge celebrity... And, like, this weekend got him in so much fucking trouble now. Like, his whole... It never even came out until now. Right. And now he's, he's probably like, great. You know what? That was a crazy weekend for me. I'm going to go back. My wife just had a kid. This is right after Baron was born. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back. Like, and I get it. He's probably hanging out with the guys. Melania's feeling really good right now. Oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, he goes back home <laughs> and he's like, wow. That was a weekend I'm going to probably try to forget for a while. That was a tough one. You know, that was a long weekend. Like, I feel cool, but, you know. Um, and then there's, like, all these stories about him, like, trying to get more porn stars involved. And it's like... And one night he's hanging out with her and he's like, hey, I got to go. And I think this is when he went to go see the Playmate. And he says, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, will you hang out with her tonight? With Stormy Daniels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pin Stormy Daniels on Roethlisberger. On Roethlisberger. He had to walk her back to her hotel room. Anyway, it's a really interesting, it's a GQ story that I got, I read, and again, it's not affecting my politics one way or the other. It's just, to me, it's a, a funny tale of, it's like hijinks. It's like, it's like a movie where, it's like a, um, um, what was that guy, um, where the, dun, 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 the English oh, uh, Benny Hill Benny Hill episode where he's like running in and out of like hotel rooms with chicks in them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm mean, hooked on that, and then to stick on the po political scale. I was telling you about this last night. Apparently, there's this new website. Which I mean, it's not new. 
But there's a website that you can bet on, bet on like what's going to happen with politics. And I have not entered my money yet, but I... Uh, you don't want to put your money on there. You don't know where this thing is going. It's like so some random... It's called predictit.org. And basically, you put in money and you can gamble on what will happen. And it's all ranked on the probability. So, for instance... This one, one of the like, I looked at what their featured their featured uh, bets right now are, um, and it's like a it, it's bought and sold like stocks. So consider it like a dollar. There's a dollar bill, so you can buy and sell. There's like it goes up and down on the probability. So will Joe Biden run in 2020? If you say yes, it's going to cost you 63 cents. If you say no, it's going to cost you 37 cents, which means that more people are saying no. But given the idiotic things that he just said to Trump, like, did you hear that whole thing? Yeah. They're like threatening to beat each other, beat each other up. <laughs> what the hell is happening? He, he threatened to beat him up. There's no way that guy's running for president. So at 37 cents, if I buy it now, it's like what I want to buy because that's just going to go lower. Yeah, but you don't know who you're cashing out to and who's giving it. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to do some research, but I like that it's out there. Um, actually, anyway. Uh, Throw down 10 grand on that? Yeah, 10 grand. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to bring up, also talking about money and, and stuff, is... Uh, did we talk about how Toys R Us closed? No. And then the guy just died today. I know. The owner. I know. How like that's awful. But let's be honest, like they You get all your stuff from Amazon now. I know, but Toys R Us could have done something. I listened to some analysts talk about this. They could have like what they did wrong is they just stuck their head in the sand when like things started getting bought online. And so rather than create anything new that you would get exclusively through Toys R Us. They're like, yeah, we'll just go about business as usual and never adapted or adapted. Then they wound up making a deal with Amazon that Amazon was selling their stuff and just eventually just swallowed them. But like, so I was thinking about, about that. It made me sad. Like I loved Toys R Us as a kid. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah, literally it's like a kid in a candy store. You're like, it's your, Fucking everything's everywhere. And I like looked my aunt. I had an aunt that used to take us every year. She wasn't like a real aunt. She's like my mom's friend that you call aunt. You know? <laughs> uh, but she used to take my brother and I every year to like Toys R Us on her birthday and be like, you can buy one thing, anything you want in here. And of course, you'd go to like the electronic race car or bikes or, you know, and like, well, maybe not that. Yeah. But uh, I remember the first, the, the first one I got was a like a 12 inch. Indiana Jones like action figure which I still have uh, somewhere who knows where it is see how much it costs well it's probably not in very good condition um, but anyway uh, I'm kind of bummed I'm not going to take like my nephews or if I ever were to reproduce my kids to a Toys R Us like that was something I looked forward to doing for somebody it was like hey let's go it's not the same to be like hey look at the screen Pick something. Yeah, exactly. Get out. Um, so anyway, just kind of made me bum. Those are my notes. Did you hear, uh, I got one note, did you hear about Jordan Clarkson? 
No. And his views on dinosaurs? No, no. Jordan Clarkson used to play for the Lakers. Yeah. Now he plays for who? Uh, Cleveland. Okay. Um, he, uh, another uh, dumbass person with views on science. So he came out and said that he believes in dinosaurs, but they were pets. And that giants basically roamed the earth with the, uh, the dinosaurs during the time and basically had them as pets. So do you think he really believes that or do you think that that's like, hey, I saw how much attention people got when they said something insane and so I'm going to double down on it? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's going to, that he believes that. Like, is that a real theory that's floated out there? No, this is what he said on a podcast when he was on a podcast. He, uh, so, he believes in dinosaurs, but the giants... But he believed that they were, like, pets. And they weren't just, like, roaming the earth free. And, and that giants were their masters. But yeah, we've not seen any uh, bones from giants. Yeah. No one's found any bones from giants. Okay. Well, good luck with... Um, that theory? Yeah. <laughs> what podcast was it on? Oh, I have to go look it up. Like, I, what, like, what's your reaction? I, I actually, here, I can pull it up right now. Like, what's your reaction if somebody, if you and I were sitting here and I said to you that? I don't like, think I could be friends with you. It'd be like really hard, like, you know. Well, that one person we talked about before who uh, doesn't believe in, uh, it's called, um... The Road Trippin' Podcast? Yep. No, the uninterrupted... Yeah, Road Trippin' Richard versus... Oh, it's Richard Jefferson and Channing um, Fry. It's their podcast. I didn't know they had a podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, It's very popular. They've got 74 episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's It's popular. They do well. Like, they used to do it when they were on... When they were both on the Cavs, they used to do it together... And now they've been, like, it's been slowed down because they, you know, Richard Jefferson got traded. So, yeah. Um, I've heard interviews with them about it. Interesting. I wonder what they said. There's no way they were like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, we'll have to listen to that. Sorry, I didn't uh, take the time to actually listen to that podcast. It's all right. I, 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 you know what? Not one person listening to this or myself will probably listen to it either. So, you're good. I'll come back next week and make sure I've listened to it. Okay. Um, so that's your only note? That's my only note. Are you excited for TV this week? Does it, does it get you, you know, it's Sunday, I think new all these new shows start on Sunday? There's a lot of stuff, first of all, that starts up. I watched the first episode of Krypton. Oh. <laughs> um, wait, did you know that... It started this week. Wait, before you get in this, right now, in... There are 560 television shows in, currently in production. It's just so... Like, there's too much content. Okay. So go ahead. Well, you, so, for, for some reason, you seem to like watch everything. Well... And listen to everything. And every time, you're like, I've listened to this podcast. I don't know. You know how I like have a stack of books that I yeah. haven't read the end yeah. of? That's the way I am with TV shows right now. I've started like 12 TV shows. Yeah. But like I only watched like one episode of each. Or two. You know, like... I'm the worst. So I watched the Superman show. 
wasn't good, wasn't good. horrible. I don't know how long it's gonna last for me to watch it though. All right. Like, in terms of like, I may just get into one more episode and be like, yeah, it's not something I don't watch. There's Roseanne coming up. I don't think I'm gonna Next do week. Roseanne. I'm watching Roseanne. I don't blame you. I watched the interview with her on Jimmy Kimmel when I was waiting for my food today, and uh, she's back to being old Roseanne. It's kind of cool. She's not like she's nutty where it's yeah. funny, not nutty like or it's dangerous. Yeah. Um. There's the what we I think we'll probably want to talk about next week is Wild Wild Country, which is just started on Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for you to finish that before we can get yeah. on and discuss it. That um, was really good. For those of you uh, that are listening that have want something fun to watch. Fun? I don't know if it's fun. Dude, it's fucking one of these things that you're like, how does anyone not talk about this? Yeah. Where, like, a cult is, like, taking over a town. Like, I've never even heard of something like that. So it's called Wild Wild Country. It's a um, documentary. A it's a docuseries. Six episodes. Um, you don't watch Billions, but you should because it's really fun television. That starts up on Sunday. Um, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Um, which will be interesting without... What's his face? T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Uh, Trust. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, if you I, ha- especially if you haven't seen All the Money in the World. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Because, so, I don't know, I can't get this DVD. Um, it's probably available on something that you have. No, I've tried. Okay. Um, Barry starts up, which just seems like the best show. Yeah, Barry's going to be hilarious. It's going to be tough to like, for that, you know, and it's going to be very graphic too. Like the the killings and stuff. Sounds great. Yeah. And lastly, on Monday, like I think it's Monday, the Gary Shandling documentary starts on HBO. A two episode thing. Yeah. Chad Apatow. I gotta tape that. Gotta write that down. So it's a good good week of TV. Good time to. That's like two. Have nothing to do. It's like two nights. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Um, I'm sure. Don't you have HBO? Yeah. Have they not been advertising it? I mean, I haven't been watching. Well, it makes me think HBO. that maybe I've got this all wrong because I don't have HBO. Uh, no, it's probably right. Um, Gary Shandling documentary. So yeah, I think it starts on um, on Monday. Nice. The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's... I was trying to turn that into maybe a segment, since we've really only got two. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so, available Monday. Yep, starts Monday and Tuesday it airs. So, Monday and Tuesday. Boom. All right, going to watch that. Put, mark it on your calendars. Um, all right. So, last night we went and saw The Isle of Dogs. What is The Isle of Dogs? Well, let me, I, I, if you, if you hold on a second, Isle of Dogs is Anderson's second foray into stop motion animation. Wes Anderson. Maybe his most generous and accessible entertainment, which is an odd thing to say about a film darkened by themes of authoritarianism, internment, and extermination. In a dystopian future Japan, a grim-faced demagogue fights a canine flu epidemic by quarantining the nation's dogs on a trash island where they travel in packs and live off rotten food. 
And then one person, one kid goes to find his dog. And a, Yeah, basically a boy goes to find his dog. Now there's some controversy around this because all of the dialogue by humans is in Japanese and without subtitles. And then all of the American, or all the dogs speak in American, you know, in English. English. <laughs> so... Um, wait, the controversy. Wait, what? go back to that. What? Because they don't. The Americans in the uh, movie they don't speak Japanese. Right, but most of the main characters all speak in Japanese. There's right, only one American. Well, I kind of. That's one of the things I was going to bring up that I liked about the movie, is that you don't really know what they're saying. Do you know why that? Do you know why they probably did that? Have you thought about it? Because it's a movie about dogs where you understand the dogs, but you don't understand the humans. So, like, you're seeing things from the perspective of dogs, because dogs don't understand what we say. No, I don't think that's right. You think that is totally a coincidence? There are are a lot of times when the dogs weren't even there, when the, uh, the humans, or the Americans were interacting with the Japanese people... And the Japanese guys, like, were speaking Japanese and the Americans were speaking American. It's not all literal. Or English. I'm not saying it's literal. I'm saying as the audience, you're watching it as if, like, the pers- this perspective of a dog, where a dog doesn't understand what all the humans are saying. I don't know. You, okay. Whatever. Um, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I, well why didn't they just have... The humans, like, speaking... Because, and, again, and not that, everything is literal. Not everything has to be spelled out... Okay, moron. <laughs> not that I mean to call you moron. But, like, not everything is for morons. Like, things are, are can be nuanced. They don't have to be just... Everything is done this way. Well, if you're going to, like, make it so that we can't understand the Japanese uh, language without subtitles, why don't they just, while the people are speaking English, like... Like muffle it out or something and say that they don't understand human speak. I don't know. I mean, again, you can look at this like, and and you can hit it like you know like over and over again, and it's still going to be the same way. I'm just saying. I think your theory is flawed. It doesn't have to be 100 <laughs> percent literal that way. Um. Anyway, back to the thing. Um. But the controversy is in the, all about that. Like people are upset because people get upset about everything. Um, people are upset that all the humans were Japanese and they were all bad, and it was insensitive that Japanese people would be putting like anyone else in internment camps because Japanese were put in internment camps and um, they were portrayed as <coughs> as <coughs> evil, like all you know. That all of these Japanese people, you know, it doesn't matter. Japanese people aren't evil? Exactly. Like, I'm sure there's some evil Japanese, I'm sure there's some really great ones. It's it's not saying that everybody's like that. <laughs> but people just get offended by everything. So, I was just reading about how it's, uh, it's had a lot of controversy to it. How about our friend that was in the uh, movie theater in front of us? Well, there's a guy sitting in front of us. <laughs> There's like, you know, it's it's like most Wes Anderson films, it's broken down into like chapters, and it was like the end of chapter two, and it was like a silence, and he just leans over and goes, 
this is a silly movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, like buddy, we, we were talking about this. It's a movie before that, we even got there about how, like, when was the last time, like, you went to the theater and, like, didn't know what you were going to see? Like, you just go, right. let's, let's just go to the theater and we'll see what's playing. And then we'll pick from there. Because I was like, and I couldn't even remember a time I did that. Like, I always had to know, like, what the time was of the movie that I wanted to see. And that's what we were going to see. Wait, let me see. And this guy. Right. Like, was one of those guys that probably just went to the theater and was like, oh, this is a new movie. And then he went in there and didn't know really what he was going to watch. And he had to start commenting on it. <laughs> yeah, that's there, that's, uh, that's definitely a possibility. Um let me ask you, where do you stand right now on seeing trailers of movies before you go to the movies? Would you prefer to see the trailer or not? Yeah, I want to see the trailers. Okay. Some people are like, I don't even want to see a trailer. I just want to know. Just tell me. No, uh, I've, I've cut back on a lot of my, uh, I used to like deep dive into like reviews and like uh, behind the scenes shit and all this stuff. I'm like, I cut back. I like to go in fresh now. Okay. I watch the trailer, and that's it. I don't really read the reviews. I may re- read, like, the one line, you know, that the review has, just to kind of, like, the basic summary. But I don't go into the specifics, because I want to experience it for myself and have my own opinions. Fair enough. Um, so where do you come out on uh, Isle of Dogs? Well, I thought it was Delightful Romp. It was a delightful romp. It was a delightful romp. Um, I don't know if it was a romp, was it? I don't know, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm like looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now to see what people thought. It's got like a 93. Uh, and I just saw the guy who does Roger Ebert's column. And he says, this is a film where a character is literally whitewashed. An act that makes him more agreeable afterward. That's one of the dogs gets whitewashed. I'm oh. sure that that was probably on purpose. Again, maybe you and Odie Henderson from Roger Ebert don't think that things, because they're not spelled out for you, aren't happening. The stray dog takes a bath and he's white underneath. Yeah, because of the whitewashing of everything. Um, I really, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I mean, I'm a good audience for this. I think you are as well. We both really like dogs. And we really like Wes Anderson. So, like, unless you're going to kill all the dogs, we're going to probably be pretty happy with your movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, whoa. Um, but, like, and you've also got voices of, like, a lot of people we really like. Like, yeah. Bill Murray and Jeff Goldblum and Edward Norton. Jeff Goldblum was right. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, do you have, um, I, I saw a rank, so I, I've been looking at all these rankings, <laughs> and here's a ranking of every dog, um, um, of every dog in this movie, like, ranks from best to worst. Their number one was Spots, the Liev Schreiber dog. And their two was Oracle, the Tilda Swinton dog. The Oracle one was pretty good. Oracle's going to be a tough one to beat. Um, then Duke. Well, then the Puppies. Then Duke, which is Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum was great. Gondo, which was Harvey Keitel. Igor, which is Roman Coppola. There's some like actors that when you see them like, in, as a cartoon character, you just laugh regardless. Just to yeah. picture 
them in a booth. Yeah. Like doing the, the, the words to a cartoon, you know? Like, that's what I thought when I was listening to Harvey Keitel. <laughs> you know? When his dog came out and he was like talking, I'm like, I can't imagine Harvey Keitel in the booth. <laughs> Um, I, I really see there like pretty far down is Bill Murray. He was probably my favorite. I thought he had the best lines. He had some good cutaway jokes. And yeah. way past that is Ed Norton, who was probably my other favorite. Ed Norton was great. Yeah, Ed, Edward Norton like basically like brought the story around, like like th- through they, the whole movie. They have they have Chief Brian Cranston after the the Bill Murray one, and he was. Fun. I mean, I get that like, he was not my favorite character. Yeah. You know, he turns a little too fast into, like, a nice guy. It didn't take very much to turn him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway. I-, I thought Rex, that was uh, Ed Norton. I thought he was the best because he's the one who wants to take a vote on everything. Yeah. I just thought that's the funniest thing because dogs were traveling packs. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I wasn't a big Mr. Fox fan. Were you? Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox? Uh, I never saw that. Really? Okay. I liked it. I just... I think... I'd like to go Is back it, and rewatch George it. That's George Clooney? Yeah. I think I'd like to go back and rewatch it because I... I, I mean, where... Are you a big Wes Anderson fan? Yeah. I like Mr. Well, like, where's he... In your... Like, just generally, in your grand scheme of directors, where does he... Where does he land? Um... I always anticipate his films just visually and the way he, like, is so attention to detail. So he's kind of up there for me. Like, top five? Uh, I'd have to think about All that. All right, so he's, he's definitely top ten. Yeah, he's, he's somewhere ten. in the middle of your top ten. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd probably go around the same. Um, so when Mr. Fox came out, he was pretty much, like, he's, like, a top two or three guy for me. So I was like, what? A cartoon movie? Like, fuck this guy. You know, like, I was like, um, which, so my going into it's probably not, I don't know. Um, it's probably not the, the most, um, honest opinion of it. But I did rank all nine, because I've seen all of Wes Anderson's movies. I did rank all nine of them. Did you do anything like that? No, I didn't. We just talked about it. Like I a half tell, hour ago. I can tell you, like, the ones I like the most. Okay. So, I'll give you my nine through one, and you tell me where, you know... He's only made nine movies. He's made nine movies. Okay. Number nine, for me, was Life Aquatic. People love the Life Aquatic. I can't imagine people loving that movie. I just... It was such a disappointment at the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it makes me feel like I should see something again. Should see it again because I didn't get it. Um, my number eight is the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, I didn't like that either. So half of that movie was really good. There was parts of it that were really good. The thing that makes Darjeeling really good is there is a short film that went with it. I don't know if you remember. It was with Jason Schwartzman yeah, and Natalie uh, Portman. Natalie Portman. It was the Cavalier Hotel or yeah. Hotel Chavalier, and they play that French song. Yeah. And it, that song's awesome. I, it's on my iPod. Um, that, that was like really good, and that like yeah. led the movie. Um, so that was probably the best part of that, and that that's what puts that 
at eight over Life Aquatic for me. Is that short film part of it? Okay. Uh, number seven, Fantastic Mr. Fox. But again, I think I was in a place of denial when that came out. Um, and then from there, like the next six are like all like classic movies to me. So my number six is Grand Budapest Hotel. And I know a lot of people. That's probably my second. Okay, I was gonna say a lot of people probably have that higher. I actually have a couple of again. I have lists open of where that movie falls for other people. Um, and it's it's a way more popular one. I, when I went to see this in the theater, it was the second time that I um, yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes, it's number one, um, and Mr. Fox is number two. So that tells you what I know. Um, or what they know, but uh, when we went to go see, um, when we went to go see Grand Budapest Hotel in the theater, I, there was like a group of us. I guess you weren't there, and I was like laughing hysterically out loud, and I got shushed. I got shushed. <laughs> How dare you laugh? In and the it was like it was like opening night. You know what I mean? It was like, why are you guys all excited to see this movie if you're not going to laugh? <laughs> and it's the second time that I got shushed. At a Wes Anderson movie. The yeah. first time was... I'll, I'll explain when it comes up. The, fir- the first one, I'll, I'll explain. But I got shushed at that movie in the theater in Union Square in New York. This one is at the Arclight in Hollywood. And, like, William Dafoe starts skiing at, like, 90 miles an hour. And it's, like, hysterically comical. It's, like, obviously, like, almost like a cartoon. And, peop- and I'm, like, laughing to people. Like, Shh! So anyway, I put Isle of Dogs ahead of Grand Budapest, but that could be recency re, recency bias. Okay. It's in that world. It's, it's, it's right around there for me. That's right where Isle of Dogs falls in. Four is Bottle Rocket. I love Bottle Rocket. A lot, there's one list I was looking at that has Bottle Rocket at number nine. I know. When I saw it, I was like, this is like the kind of movies I want to make. You know? Because it was something that he wasn't like mainstream and you're like oh my god guys are making things that are cool like this yeah and it was it's like james con right was, was it james con's the the um the bad guy it Owen Wilson? well it's, it's both wilson brothers yeah. and they and they do a uh like um they try to pull off a crime and i think it was with james anyway um and they both, and they, and then like the one brother falls in love with the maid. It's just like it's such a good movie. <laughs> uh, number three for me. Are you, are you there? Is it? Yeah, I'm looking at. Is it, it. James Conrad? I don't see James yeah, Conrad's well, name on there. I forget who it was then. God, I guess I need to see that movie again. Um, number number three for me is Moonrise Kingdom. I think that movie's like awesome. There's so many little details in that movie. My favorite That's scene. That's on Netflix, and I've uh, wanted to revisit that. I haven't yet. Probably my favorite scene is um, is when in any of his movies is when they're like the Boy Scouts decide that they're gonna go save the kid, save the the couple, and um, there's like a door that has like a top opening and a bottom opening and like everybody runs out through it and then the last guy opens the top he like walks out through the whole door it's like just the fact that somebody thought of that and put that on paper and decided that that was how it was going to happen 
I'm doing a terrible job explaining. Number two is the time another time I got kicked out of a movie theater, which was or not kicked out, la- shushed in a movie theater for laughing, which is the Royal Tenenbaums. That's my number two. And it's when he threw the uh, fit, probably in the in the tennis. Yeah, he appears to be playing with one shoe. He's just given up. Oh my god, it was the best. And then number one, Rushmore. Rushmore is in my top three favorite movies of all time. Top three? Yeah, 100%. Well, it's just everything I ever want out of a movie. Rushmore is a great movie. It's just, to me, it's like... I find that, you know, through writing, I'm so really... you got Heat, Heat, Rushmore. And Rushmore. And what's Number two one? used to be True Romance, but I don't know. Like, I haven't revamped it. So you don't know what your third one is? No, probably not. I mean, probably True Romance was... Too, we'll just stick with the original. It's Heat, True Romance, and then... Um, Rushmore. But I realize that True Romance is a deeply flawed movie. I just like the idea of everything, and I like all the awesome characters in that movie. You know what? I'm sticking with it. Well, that was Tony Scott's favorite movie, so there you go. Okay. Just so you know. Well, he, he had a lot of he had a lot of up and down movies. Are you going to disagree? He made a lot of good movies. Yeah, he made some bad ones, too. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that was his favorite movie right. that he ever did. Great. Uh, so yeah, but Rushmore, um, yeah, that was a good movie. Is that, would that be your number one? That's my number one. Budapest. Um, and then I would probably say, uh, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. And then, uh, hmm. Tenenbaums. Tenenbaums and then Isle of Dogs. Okay. So yeah, you got it around the same place. Um, well, I'll tell you that uh, in general, the ones that keep coming up, number one, on, I mean, it is it is interesting that his movies all have a, a certain flair to them. They all have a certain way that they're done, and yet any site you look at, everybody's rankings of his movies are all over the place. People connect to different things, um, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway... That is, although two two of these three lists have Rushmore at one. Um, so yeah, it's our Isle of Dogs. I think that we did pretty good with that. Yeah, it was good. So we recommend that. You should go see it. Sure. All right. What's the other big news this week? One of the big news is that Cameron Diaz has retired from acting. But was it big news? Because I still haven't heard it. Like, where did you hear this? Uh, where'd I hear it? I don't know. I hear it, heard it. Fine. We don't have to do this segment. See you guys next week. Wow. Did you just throw a little fit? <laughs> did I go to a, did, are you in a safe space now? Can we discuss this? I'm oh, just saying, I didn't sorry, hear anything about Cameron Diaz, <laughs> Selma Blair says, no, Cameron Diaz hasn't retired from acting. I mean, we just decided to do a whole... We just blindly decided to do a whole she, segment She was this. making a joke in an interview. But so, we can still talk about uh, it. Well, uh, this is what we're prepared to do, so... Great. Because she... Okay, Selma Blair was in an, uh, doing an interview, and they were talking about The Sweetest Thing. And she was like, I want to do a sequel to that movie, but Cameron Diaz is, like, retired from acting. So she set up this whole thing that went around the uh, 
you know, Twitterverse where Cameron Diaz is retired. So basically, I pinned the second half of this podcast to. I didn't even look anything up. You just said, hey, did you hear she retired? I said, no, and I just believed you. Well, according to some sources. But I just asked you what your sources were, and you you yelled at me that the podcast was over. Because <laughs> you didn't have them. <laughs> Here, it says Daily Mail. says, I read the Daily Mail. I'm done. Cameron Diaz retires from acting to focus on her great life as a stay-at-home wife to husband Benji Madden of 39. Okay. We'll just go with that for now. So for now, according because I so far the Daily I trust the Daily Mail over Selma Blair, so I'm I'll I'll go with it. We should have done we should have done the second part of our podcast about the best songs by Benji Madden's band Good Charlotte. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we would get really far on that. So do you know any interesting facts about Cameron Diaz? Like she didn't she go to like the same high school as Snoop Dogg? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she's from, like, Long Beach. I know that she, uh, at one point, was, like, the highest paid actress. Okay. In Hollywood. Interesting. Um, for what movie? Do you remember? No, I mean, just overall, like, I think, like, for a couple years. She right, was... but do you know what period, when, when movies, at what time? Are you uh, just going to guess by looking? No, it was, like, in the 2003... When she was doing Shrek and Charlie's Angels and all this other stuff. All right. So, what my first job when I moved to Los Angeles was on the movie The Holiday. And you got me that job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we worked on that for a long time, right? Yeah, it was a good amount of time. And so, I was like, you know, I was just a, I was just a 30-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> new to Los Angeles and I was so excited because I had like you know we all had crushes on Cameron Diaz right oh yeah so I remember one day I was like since the mask yeah her first movie yeah so I, I was I remember I was um, working in the art department and I had to go over to wardrobe to um, to drop off some stuff and I literally like ran into her and like things flew and I didn't know it was Cameron Diaz, but like I was like and I picked up some stuff and I was like here I like the I, I I vaguely remember exactly what happened. Um but I was like, here you go, and I was like, Oh my god. And I had like this whole like little do you remember I told you this when this yeah. happened? Mm -hmm. This whole like little exchange with her and she couldn't have been nicer and I was like, Oh my god, I really, really like her now. The first time I met her I was so nervous that when I went up to her, I just started talking and gave her whatever she needed. She needed and went through this whole thing. And she goes, and you are <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even like introduce myself. I just started going into, uh, everything. <laughs> mm. so we're going to go through, should we just go through her IMDb? Is that how we're going to do sure. this? So her first movie, uh, is the mask. Yeah. I was not a mask fan at all. I don't like dislike it. It it was one of those things oh. that when it came out, it was like so overly quotable. Like yeah. people were all, like quoting everything that Jim Carrey did. My favorite. Somebody stop me! Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good though. Uh, I, my favorite was I was at a Six Flags one summer, and we were waiting in line. There was like the new Batman ride, and 
this girl in front of us had the biggest zit on her neck ever. And we just kept going like, I just want to pop it. Like we just kept <laughs> I was sitting with my friends, Mark and Dave, and we were like waiting in line. And it was like a two and a half hour wait to get on this ride. And what I don't understand when someone has, when you have a big zit on your face, it was on the back of her neck or wherever it was, uh-huh. you know, it's there. Yeah. Why don't you pop it? I don't know. Some people think you shouldn't do that because it leaves scars. Nah. So you just let it just sit there? I don't know. But we, so we, we spent two and a half hours making up song, like trying to sing, this is it. You know, anything that had. <laughs> this is it? Yeah. Like anything that had it and we could add an S to the front of it. Like so that would we could, zzz, you know. Um, and it was really funny for the first half hour, but then it started to slow down. Well, she was part of this group. And I guess her aunt or whoever was cousin was visiting had just seen Ace Ventura. But this is like five months, six months after it came out. So it's already been played out. And we sat through two and a half hours of this <laughs> this woman going, Woo, don't go in there. You know, like over and over all throughout the line. I'll never forget it. So that's kind of when the mask came out. Yeah. I so I was like, I'm not like, uh, I'm kind of done with this whole this whole with Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey rena- like thing that's happening. So I was never into the mask. Um, her next movie, though, I was into, The Last Supper. I liked a lot. Uh, I don't really remember uh, The Last Supper. Well, I'll be honest, I don't really remember, but I remember liking it because I thought it was like really cool. Um, it's interesting because it's got Courtney B. Vance in it. Um, they like ate somebody. Oh, that's right. They bring people over to eat them. Yeah, yeah. I have seen. Um, so, you know, whatever, that movie, then She's the One comes out, and I loved She's the One, and I don't know if that stands Soundtrack the test of time. Soundtrack by Tom Petty. That's right. I don't know if that stands the test of time or not. I don't know if people... I don't think any Edward Burns movie stands the test of time. So. You don't think Brothers McMullen? Really? I'm not, I'm not completely... I'm not an Edward Burns fan. Well, we all know that. Actually, I know that. Um, I don't know. I don't like his stick. Okay, see, I do. And I really liked this movie. This then is, we get Jennifer Aniston and Cameron Diaz in one movie. And that was kind of a cool thing, too, because they were yeah. both really... They were the, the It Girls at that point. Yeah, movie. but like they were just becoming the yeah. It Girls, you know? So he did pretty good in his casting. You know what's really funny and about that movie? still didn't make any money. No, it didn't. And you know what's really funny is she plays the girl, the mistress. Uh, she plays Ed Burns' ex-girlfriend that his brother's sleeping with. His brother is basically Donald Trump Jr. Like, he's got the slick back hair. He's a moron. Uh, he, it, it's pretty funny if you, like, if you look back on it and you, like, you know, he even talks kind of like him. He's got this weird way he talks. Um, oh, you're looking it up. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like Donald Trump Jr. He is Donald Trump Jr. So, but that's right. He meets a girl in his cab and she's not a very good actress, but she wound up becoming his like real life wife or something. Anyway, the movie after that was Feeling Minnesota. Did you yeah, like this Leslie Mann's in that too? Yeah. There's a lot of people in this movie. It's a very good movie. Uh, you gotta go revisit it. She, she Leslie Mann was working as a waitress with 
at a waitress. Yeah, she was, she was working as a waitress. It was in a cocktail bar. She was. She was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> and she was telling um, the girl that he wanted to pick up in the cab that he needed, she needed to leave at Burns because she was nuts for liking him. Um, you know who else is in that movie? Uh, the late John Mahoney played the dad. That's right. And he makes the two brothers box to get, get like get over Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Feeling Minnesota? Were you feeling Minnesota? Were you feeling feeling Minnesota? No, but I've heard on more than one occasion that someone goes, "You remind me of Vincent D'Onofrio in that movie." Never seen it. Oh. Don't. <laughs> this was a long time ago. But I like that. I mean, I like that movie. Um, Is he a douche in that? He's just—he's kind of the foil. He's the not guy that's not good enough. Oh. Like she winds up, uh, she's supposed to marry him, and she wants to fall in love with his brother, who's Keanu Reeves. Like, but who wouldn't? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, so I—I I haven't seen it since I rented it from Blockbuster. Well, that guy just died too. Who? The guy who created Blockbuster owner. Oh. Just died uh yes today. Yikes. Yeah. Uh just as uh well, I guess that's been gone for a while. I was gonna I was just gonna start making a joke, like I guess if you own the guy the guy that started Radio Shack, maybe take out a life insurance policy. Like if you There's a good vice like video on uh YouTube about the last remaining Blockbuster video. Oh, cool. In Alaska. Because they can't get this town or something doesn't have internet or something. Or they can't. They have internet, but it's not strong enough to stream stuff. So they actually have to go and rent. So they, like, live on Blockbuster. Huh. Never heard that. Alright, why don't you take it from after film Minnesota? Well, I mean, we can skip these last two. I think my best friend's wedding. Wait, what's the next two? Alright. Yeah. In above water, keys to is. Tulsa. I don't know. Don't know. Okay. So, so basically, like, I'm just saying, if you're going to bring it up to the audience, you're going to have to say what it is. Keys to Tulsa <laughs> stars Eric Stoltz, James Spader. You don't have to get into that much detail. I'm just saying that if you're going, if you're going to make it, looks it, like it's. Uh, I got you. I think I know Joanna Cohen too. Anyway, um, so not, then I get into all this right. deep dive IMDb shit. So Best Friend's Wedding comes out. This thing's a huge hit. This is probably what puts her on the map before something about Mary, I think. So, My Best Friend's Wedding, that was like a summer movie, right? Uh, I'm not correctly. sure when it came out, but it made like 100, 200 million bucks. Does IMDb tell you when it came out? Um, Does, I mean, you don't have to look it up. I can do it while you're doing this. So, Released June 20th, 1997. There you go. So, were you a big fan of My Best Friend's Wedding? Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I really liked it. Yeah. And I I don't... I was, in, again, in a period where I didn't like romantic comedies because I thought I was too cool for shit like that. And I totally wasn't. But I totally <laughs> thought, but I thought I was. And so, this was one I really liked. Um, they don't make good uh, romantic comedies anymore. Well, now if you make it's a romantic tough. comedy... It, gets, it has to be like slapstick. It gets nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, you know, like, because it's... I mean, you think about, like, Silverline's Playbook is a romantic comedy. Yeah, I guess. It's like, you know... Um, but, uh... Yeah, um... 
it'll come back. Romantic comedies will come back. It's all reciprocal. You know? All the romantic comedies now are like, that's what people have to make for, you know, they're like independent movies because they don't have enough money to do anything else. Right. And I'm guessing with like how gender, so on, gender I mean, situations are changing that it's going to be all... I mean, you go on Netflix, guy there's all these like low-budget friggin' uh, movies that are, you know... It's true. Um, but yeah, I... Um, I loved my best friend's wedding. Yeah, it was good. And she was really funny in it. It's like the first time she was funny. Right? Yeah. Like the mask, she's not funny. Well, you don't really... You know, Cameron Diaz wasn't really like in the mainstream. Was she when she started that? She was pretty big because the mask made so much money. It was like such a big hit that she was just known as the hot girl in the mask. Yeah. So people didn't really probably know if she could act at that time. Um, and... You know, she's in these smaller movies, whatever, and then she plays this character, and she's playing, like, a, you know, up until this point, she's just kind of been the hot girl and everything, and now she's, like, funny. Yeah. You know? She's, like, making fun of herself. And it was, like, really cool, you know? So if you didn't like her before then, it was like, oh, I really like her now. Um, I, I always, at that, especially at that point, had a thing for, like, girls with short blonde hair like that. So I was fully in the Cameron Diaz camp at this point. Okay. Um, and that's why I was like, I went well, to go you see. Had a girlfriend that was short blonde hair. I did. College. And that's why we went to go see A Life Less Ordinary, her next movie in the theater. We did. We saw that at the Janus. <laughs> the, uh, that we've talked you about. You hated before. that movie, right? Yeah, I didn't like that very much. I don't. Rem- I. That's the thing is, I wanted Although to like. She sings in this, so maybe that'll be her. I gotta listen to that. I wanted to like that so bad. Danny Boyle. Yeah. Because and it's not like we knew who Danny Boyle was then. Right. You know, like, train spotting had come out at that point, right? Uh, no. Okay. So, at least, uh, what was his first movie? The one with, uh, the other one with Ewan McGregor. Um, no, I guess train spotting was right before this. Okay. So, the first one, that Shallow, Shallow Graves. I love Shallow Shallow Graves Grave was awesome. So, you're like, all right, so it's that guy... We directed that, and Ewan McGregor back, and her, and yes, and Train Spotting. And you're like, this is gonna be awesome. I don't, I don't remember. Fantastical. I know it wasn't awesome, but I know I was trying to make it awesome the whole yeah. time. And it had like a like music was a big part of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and, and it was like a whole thing with uh, heaven and hell. There were like angels, and there were like yeah, like it, was, it was some corny. And it was like about Stockholm syndrome, right? Like, she, well, like, fell in love uh, with her... Yeah, but it wasn't... Um, what's her name? Um, Holly Hunter was, like, an angel that came down or wanted to kill her or something. I don't know. There was, like, a big fight between <laughs> angels and fucking demons and shit. I mean, the thing is, it's, it, it looked it looked cool, and it had cool-sounding stuff to it, but it wasn't, wasn't that good. Ewan McGregor stars as a cleaning man in Los Angeles who takes his boss's daughter hostage after being hired... And replaced by a robot. Two angels are in charge of human relations on Earth. Offer an unsolicited help to bring the unlikely couple together. Hey, quick note. While I'm, while I'm looking at my IMDb page in my news section. It says, from yesterday. Sean Penn admits he's basically retired from acting. Looks like we have something to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
We could have saved all this time and just done Sean Penn movies. Um, what, what's going on? Is everyone retiring from acting now? Hey, listen, if that happens, at least we've got subjects going Well, on. the only thing to act in is fucking Marvel movies. So anyway. Yeah, it's true. Um, so after that, uh, after Life Less Ordinary... Very bad things, but she was only in for like a minute. Wait, you're missing There's Something About Mary. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Remember that movie? <laughs> the one that made her a superstar? So we saw that. We saw that at an advanced screening of that. We yeah. got to see that like a week before it came out. And like just... Laughed us so hard. Like, just that's... I mean, I can tell you the three times I laughed hardest in the movie theater. Well, number one... That was number three. Neither Wes Anderson examples are there. That was number three. Number two was Naked Gun when he stands up and... No. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, sorry. I love. Number two is Tommy Boy, and number one was in Naked Gun when he stands up and says, "That's Enrico Palazzo." I literally urinated myself. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I really did. Like I had spot. I like pissed myself. I laughed so hard. Something about it's man. Enrico Palazzo. Three amigos. When I was young, I laughed so hard. <laughs> <at the other. laughs> And planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, okay. Those are the three that I laughed the hardest. See, I didn't see planes, trains, and automobiles. I didn't see planes, trains, and automobiles in the theater. I saw that on. That was one of the fun. I remember seeing that on video. I mean, like this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But I remember that Three Amigos when I went to see it. There was this lady that was behind me that thought it was the funniest movie <laughs> she'd ever seen. She and it kind of like aided. Like I started like getting the. Uh, the virus that she was putting out there. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. This is fucking funny. <laughs> See, I remember seeing Three Amigos and like, I wanted it to be so funny when I was a kid because I saw it in the theater and I remember being like, you know, it's a completely silly, goofy movie. Yeah. But I thought it was serious at the time. It just wasn't as many jokes. It wasn't like Chevy Chase tripping and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I find it way funnier as an adult than I did as a kid. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but yeah, but something about Mary something was about Mary. so well done and so funny. It was like the beginning of that comedy that had all the uh, gross out stuff. Not yeah. gross out stuff, but like penis it, and stuff. Yeah, it pushed the envelope. It was like... Franks and Beans. And so we saw that, yeah, and we saw... I remember, that, like, I didn't think that anybody else would care. I just kind of felt like this was a movie for, like, me and my friends, for, like, us, yeah. you know. And then... Like, my mom saw it multiple times in the theater because every, you know, everybody yeah. thought it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so, and again, you're right. Then she, like, super duper blows up. Yeah. And yeah. the next thing that comes out after that is... Very Bad Things. It was a very bad movie. Yeah, it was a very bad movie. And uh, they remade it into a movie called Rough Night. Yeah. Which was terrible. Also bad. But, uh... They didn't claim that they remade it, but it is the same movie. Right. Um, then comes Being John Malkovich, which was awesome. Right. And she was great. And it. she's, like, really good in it. Yeah. So, like... The whole, like, thing with the half floor was just amazing. Yeah. I loved all the, the gimmicks and the gags and everything with that. So then you're like, she, she's actually, like, a good actress. I'm going to, spoiler alert, I did a, did you do a top five? Spoiler alert, I'm just kidding. Did you do a top you five? You your top fives. Will you tell me when you're doing top fives? No, I don't have top Just five. assume you're doing a top five. All right, from now on, 
We're doing top five. Well, I could. I'll be honest. I couldn't get through five movies of hers that I really liked, and then I did a bottom five, and I couldn't get through five movies I really didn't like. Like that's where I come out on her. But all of my my four out of my top like the my well, top you just four said best friend's wedding you really liked. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you that of my top five, I only came with four. About Mary. All four of them have already appeared. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the reason she's probably like stepping away from acting because I'm not because I'm not as happy no, anymore. All the fucking shit she's getting recently is terrible. Right, and people are saying horrible things. All right, so also none of those movies have happened. None of my bottom four have happened yet. Okay, so we're like jumping out the box now. We've had being John Malkovich, yes, great movie, um, and then she does Any Given Sunday. Did not like it, and she was very miscast. Uh, I don't know if she's missed. You felt like she's Miss Cass? There are a couple things in here we'll get to Scorsese that I felt like well, could have been. Of course, but that's not Scorsese, so I don't know why he even said that. No, I'm saying like that she was miscast. Miscast. Right. So, any I don't given, know if Any Given Sunday was the perfect uh, movie for her. But if you're going to get, like, a, a hot, bitchy owner's daughter, who, like, you believe that she knows about sports. Yeah, I guess. Um, I just didn't like that movie. Yeah, it's... It, what didn't you like about that movie? I don't know. I just didn't... I don't mean it, everything like, seems so as a fake. challenge. I don't know. Like, everything seems just so fake. Yeah, that's it, the biggest problem. Know. It's everything seems so fake. That's what I'm trying to get to. Like, like... You can't have the sharks be the, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah the uh, names of the teams, the just everything just seems like. I hear people real. wax poetically about that movie because of you know the speech, the speech that that gives a good speech, made, which is great. But the, it's the only thing in that movie that. And is, you have Lawrence Taylor as a main actor. And you got Lawrence Taylor right. Um, so then there's that movie. All right. So next, then she's got. Uh, Things you can tell by looking at her. I saw that. Never saw it. I saw that. I don't remember it. It's like a bunch of women's stories. Don't remember. Don't say it like that. No, it's a a bunch of stories about women. Bunch of women's stories. (laughs) It's a bunch of stories about women. (laughs) Do you think if things you could tell just by looking at her came out today, it'd make more money? Five loosely intertwined stories of the emotional issues facing individual middle-aged Angelinas are presented... Uh, and spending the day taking care of her. In, anyway, whatever. I feel like if that came out today, it would have a bigger audience. Um. All right. But anyway, so then she, uh, her and her buddy, Drew Barrymore, get a hold of the uh, Charlie's Angels franchise. Yeah, they all like each other too much. Yeah. Her, they're like, I think they like both. Maybe not. Maybe it's Drew Barrymore purchased the rights. But basically, Drew Barrymore made the forty million bucks a picture on these. But Cameron Diaz, this is where they start making some cash. When she starts getting into, uh, you know, Charlie's Angels, it makes like one hundred forty, hundred fifty million or something. Uh, and then she goes into Shrek. Before you get into Shrek, I just want to say on this IMDb page, the next, the did you wait? Did you like the Charlie's Angels movies? No, me neither. Okay. Did, do you know anyone that really liked them? I know people did. Yeah, but yeah I guess. I don't know. We, we might have been the audience that yeah. they just missed on. Um, the next the next credit is for something called Grand Theft Parsons, which stars Johnny Knoxville. And her credit Grand, is... That's not even on here. 
After Charlie's Angels. This is Charlie's Angels 1. Oh, I'm up a little further. Yeah, Damn yeah. it. You skipped some shit. I did, but I just now that I've brought this up, because <laughs> no one would ever know this, there's something called Grand Theft Parsons starring uh, Johnny get... Knoxville, and she's listed as acknowledgement for Christina Applegate's hair extensions courtesy of. Okay. I just think that's an interesting credit. That's All right. great credit. So you're right. Then the Shrek stuff starts. Um... And she, you know, they make a ton of money on these things. Do you Not, like Shrek movies? Yeah, I like the Shrek movies. I don't like the Shrek. I find them annoying. Okay. I mean, I think at the time I Do liked I it. remember even what the story was behind Shrek? No. I haven't seen them in so long, but I did like them. Something about that she had a spell on her, and then she turned back into the other thing, and then she came, she went back. Something, I don't know. Anyway, Vanilla Sky. I just watched this recently. Well, I watched like the last half of it. It was a pretty emotional movie. And I don't know if this was just because I listened to that podcast with uh, with uh, Cameron Crowe. And he was talking about Tom Cruise a little bit. What was the Cameron Crowe podcast? I, I think I... I'm... It was the uh, um, Alec Baldwin Okay. Um, I gotta, I gotta say, the last uh, 20 minutes of that movie were very emotional. I hated that movie. Okay. I fucking hated it. I went to go see that in the theater, but everyone had, I know had seen it today. They didn't want to see this. This sucks. I thought Cameron Crowe could do no wrong. Uh, you know, I'm a big Tom Cruise guy, still kind of on the Cameron Diaz kick. I'm like, this is, there's no way. And I went and saw it by myself in Hoboken. And was so mad when I walked out of it. I hated it. Now, I don't know if I... I haven't seen it since then. Um, but I hated it. Okay. Um, so, Slacker, she's not even in, I guess. She plays herself. So, Sweetest Thing. What did you think of the I never saw the sweetest? sweetest Thing. What? Yeah. The Sweetest Thing was actually really funny. There's like this whole scene where, uh, um, I forgot who it was, one of the actresses, it might have been Selma Blair, like, was given a, well, I guess, was doing something to a guy, and, <laughs> and, he, and he had like a, uh, the best piercing. Is you just, the best is the look in your eye when you just caught yourself saying something and realizing that really the only people that listen to this podcast are our parents, <laughs> and so you had to stop. So anyway... Yeah, he's got, like, something, a piercing. Okay. And it gets hooked on her mouth. So she's stuck with the thing in her mouth. And they all of a sudden, like, all the cops and everybody come over and they start singing, like, that song from Armageddon. Because they say that it'll help, like, loosen it up. I thought that was funny. I don't know. You have to see it. I thought it had some funny moments. Um, but apparently there's not going to be a sweetest thing too because she's retarded who knows if she's if she's still acting then or not we don't know <laughs> minority report she was a bus passenger <laughs> I love minority report <laughs> she's, we're not even talking I know she's not really in minority gangs in New York okay this is a terrible this is this is a terrible thing for her yeah this is not a very good casting for no because I think like when it came out they were like saying how this is not the right role for her and everything and uh I don't know it also didn't really do very well 
from what I remember. Um, oh, I thought Gangs of New York did well. No? Oh, maybe. Uh, looks like it did make, make some cash. But uh, not my favorite movie. No. And it's a shame because it's like all of our favorite people. Yeah. But And it wasn't her fault. It just didn't work. Yeah. She didn't work in it. You didn't really... Okay, then we got Charlie's Angels 2. They come back and make a shit ton of money on this one. It makes more money. Then we got some more Shreks. Yeah, and so this is like when you. This is where you lose me. All here, this is like where I'm done with Cameron. If you're this gonna is be, where she turns to adult Cameron Diaz. But like, yeah, if you're gonna do, okay, keep going. Um. So then you got uh, in her shoes. I think I saw in her shoes. Curtis Hansen. Is that the one where she's? I don't really remember it. Um. I, anyway, doesn't matter. And then we go into our movie, Holiday. And then the ho- So did you like the holiday? Yes, I did. Like I did not like the holiday. How could you really like... Just seriously? And look, I know a lot of people that I mean, like it, but none of them are men. I don't love it. But I... Is it that you're too close to it? Maybe. I like the whole uh, Jack Black... Uh, oh, you just... Kate You Blanchett. just like... Can we, all right. Oh, no, let's, Kate, si- Kate Winslet. let's just sidebar real quick. For sidebarring. Uh, you like anything that Jack Black does. I'm a fan of Jack Black. I think like, it's really fun. you probably, like, what's the movie with the kid who plays hockey? He was like a surfer and he moves. Um, it's like Jack Black's the bad guy. It's like a high school movie. Oh, come on. This is going to kill me. Um, it's an early. Seth Green is in it. He plays the kid's, like, buddy. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it. You probably didn't realize it was Jack Black that was the bad guy. I'm just saying. You'll do, you're, you, like, so, the reason this is coming up is you made me, you recommended Jumanji, and then I had to sit down and watch say Jumanji. it was a great movie, but I thought it was really funny, and I thought Jack Black's performance in it was one of his best. So, when I discussed that I'd seen, I had told you that my dislike for it, I was corrected and told that I laughed once. I did laugh once. <laughs> what did you laugh? I don't remember, but I was told that I did laugh once. Audrey said you laughed once? Yes. Because I said, G, I told G I didn't see that I saw Jumanji and hated it and didn't laugh. She's like, well, you laughed once. I want to get her on the phone. <laughs> can we, can we pat, patch her in? Um, so anyway. But, like, the, but wait. I but, like that story. But, but back to the holiday. Uh, Jack Black's the worst part of that movie, too. Talk about being miscast. Oh, oh, well, the mighty, we can't make fun know. of the mighty like Jack Black on the Eli podcast. Wallach. He's in it for like a minute and a half. Dude, we celebrated his birthday on the fucking movie. I don't know <laughs> you're just, you're just too close to it. There's no way. I, I was too close to you it. You know what's really funny though? Is like, the thing that you'd say about it is like, there's no way that two people who live in houses like that are giving up their houses to other people. And now we basically do it all the time with Airbnb. Yeah. Exactly. It's weird. So, all right. So more Shrek after that. More Shrek. Um, then we got What Happens in Vegas. So that turns out to be my least favorite Cameron Diaz movie of all time. It was pretty bad. But you you and I had a huge argument, I remember, when this came out, because you thought this was going to be really good. We had like a, I remember there was a thing, I can't remember if you thought it was really good or if you thought it was going to be really no, good. No, I don't, definitely didn't think it was very good. You saw it, that made, th- it made some money, though. That doesn't make it good. No, I'm just saying, I'm looking at it right now. 
$219 million worldwide. That is ridiculous. But you, I remember... It's got two wins. And you know what the wins are for? Razzie. Razzie's. <laughs> you, worst I... actress and worst actor. <laughs> but I remember you really wanted to see that. You thought that that looked really funny. That's right. And, the, and I was like, no way. Anyway. I did want to watch it. Um, and it's like taking that slogan and just making it even worse. Like that That's the kind of thing that just drives me insane. And then My Sister's Keeper, which I liked a lot. Was that I actually her, read the book. Is that like a the messed up, like, she's like a messed up sister or something? No, her daughter, it's actually a really interesting creative story. Basically, her daughter's got leukemia. So they have another daughter. That da- could be messed up, I'm just saying. So they have another daughter in order to use her as medical parts for the daughter so that when things start failing they could do blood transfusions and all this stuff and now they get into when they're like early tweens like early and uh, she needs like a kidney transplant and the girl who was the uh, the younger one doesn't want to do it and so she sues her parents for medical emancipation and uh, Alec Baldwin plays the lawyer I think I did see this. That sounds really familiar. And then, you know, they are mad at her, but, like, you know, they understand that she doesn't want to have, like, her life cut short from all these injuries, like, and uh, all these surgeries and stuff. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. The book's better. So what happens? Do you want to ruin it? I mean, it came well, the out whole time in 2009. She, the whole time they're, like, yelling at her, like, you're going to let your sister die, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, you find out that uh, that the sister that was had the leukemia told her to do it, that she didn't want to keep taking her organs and stuff. Oh. Uh, well, that's cool. And uh, that she just wanted to, you know, she probably had a short life anyway. Um, so the dad's Jason Patrick? Yeah. Where do you come out on Jason Patrick? <laughs> Not Jason Patrick, man. But he, <laughs> but he was like... He in the movie was the audience. Okay. Like, the audience, like, arguments towards everything. And Cameron Diaz was like, I had this. She has to do this. Wait, can I just tell you the visual on that is great. Of, like, that Jason Patrick clueless look that he gives, like, all the time. Like, huh? You know, like, we're all beady-eyed in the (laughs) audience. We all are looking like, what? Yeah. He's basically the guy who's like, I understand why she doesn't want to do this. And. She shouldn't have to, and maybe we should think about that. And is there another Jason Patrick role besides The Lost Boys that, like... Is there anything that he's better in than Lost Boys? There was one movie that I loved by Jason Patrick. It was this movie where he played, like, a boxer that got beat up too much. Um, I gotta find the name of it, but it's actually a really good movie. And basically, like, he gets trying to take advantage of by... Um, let's see. After Dark, My Sweet. This is it. Oh, I, I remember seeing that. Bruce like, Stern and, and Rachel Ward, they bring them in. They try to like do this whole like heist and stuff. Huh. Um, and they want to use him, and they're going to basically like make him as the fall guy. That sounds the, pretty good. It was actually really good. All right. So back to Cameron Diaz. So my sister's keeper. That was a good movie. Who may or may not be retiring. Okay. <laughs> so then we go into the box. This is probably the worst movie. <laughs> I haven't even done rankings, but this is probably the worst one. Yeah. Richard Kelly, 
guy who did uh, um, the hell's that movie that we love with um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, oh, um, the shit shooting at his Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Uh, comes back with a shitty movie. That was kind of, it was basically a Twilight Zone movie that they made into a or show that they made into a movie. Well, this is based on like a real thing, right? The box, isn't that? No. Okay. But you know what I'm talking about? There's a, that story about the thing. You mean it's a real story that if you push the box that or push the button, like you'll get all the riches in the world, but somebody else in the world will die? Oh, yeah. that's what happens in the box. That's right. No, that's not the real thing. That, that doesn't no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go over this one time. We'll do this on the podcast. There's like a box that... That when I'm getting this, the story when I'm getting turned into a movie where these people and it got, I think it was a movie that did well, so you could probably even tell me. Um, in fact, I think Sam Remy did it um, or Mendez. I got those two guys mixed up. Uh, the box, like when you give it to someone, they get like sick and they start to like die. It was it's like this old relic that's like cursed and it went through like World War Two. It was like something that a Jewish woman made in World War II oh, to yeah. give off as like a curse thing before she died. Yeah, I don't remember what that movie was, but I know exactly. But what the, the real—it's like a real story, yeah. and the movie supposedly like I haven't seen the movie because the real story is too good. I don't want the movie to ruin it. So, uh, okay. So after the box, then we go uh, tonight. More Shrek. Yeah, I think that's. Uh... Oh yeah, I didn't get to this one. I didn't Shrek. even know that that there was a oh the three D one. Anyway, so there's a Night and Day. Where do you come out on Night and Day? Did you know on Netflix right now there's a Bollywood version of Night and Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's called, like, Bang Bang. So do they, like, just bust out in a dance in between, yeah, like, that's like shootouts? All, and it's, like, three hours long. Uh, I liked Night and Day fine. It, uh, it wasn't good. No, it was entertaining, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was good looking at it, for sure. Yes, um, but yes, it's not a good movie. And then we got the Green Hornet. I never saw. Not a good. I never saw the Green Hornet. Uh, Then we get Bad Teacher, which was supposedly like one of her, uh, I guess, starring vehicles, because it was just her, and uh, she plays like a drunk teacher. So that's number two on my least favorite movies of all time by Cameron Diaz. It's pretty bad. It was horrible. It was her. Uh, Timberlake, he's so bad. Timberlake, Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yeah, it was that was not a good movie. And they made a TV show out of that. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, then we got what to expect when you're expecting. Never saw. This. I didn't either. You know, that's been near the top of my Netflix queue since two. I guess when did that come out? 2012. So since 2013, it's been. Flirting with like it's got a large cast that yeah. I like. It's got like Chris Rock in it, right? Yeah. Anna Kendrick, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Elizabeth Banks, Brooklyn Decker, um, Matthew Morrison, uh, Chris Rock, Thomas Lennon, okay, Rebel Wilson, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Whitney Port. Yeah, there's a lot of people in here. Um, but we uh, didn't see it, so we can't talk about it. So it's, it's, this one seems like a friggin' uh, one of those movies that everybody owed Valentine's a Day or Mother's Day. Yeah, everybody, like, everybody owed the casting director a favor, yeah. so they showed up for a five minute scene. 
that those terrible Gary Marshall movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? Then we got Gambit. I don't know what that is. Never even heard of this. No. It was written by the Coen Brothers, though. No. Well. Never heard of it either. Isn't Gambit? I thought Gambit was he's an X Man. Yeah, I don't think that's right. (laughs) An X Man. Yeah. He's an X-Men? Says, uh, How would you Colin, say? He's an X-Men? He's an X-Men. Colin Firth, Alan Rickman. She's kind of far down here. but Anyway, uh, never saw that. Um, counselor. Did you see The Counselor? I what saw The Counselor. Not? I have not seen this, but people say that this is one of it's, her best roles. What? No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They say no. this is one of her best acting, no. even though it's a terrible movie. No. This movie is awful. Oh, Okay. Because, yeah, she, that's right, she had, like, the leopard print tattoo thing. Um, but what doesn't matter? This movie's fucking... I don't even know I even could take anything good out of this movie. Ridley Scott. He's got some ups and downs. Yeah, he really does. We'll do him one day. Uh, this movie... I mean, it's got... You know, like, too, it's got Brad Pitt, Cameron Diaz, Michael Fassbender, fucking... All the, like... What's his face? Uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, like, all these awesome guys, and it's like... Dude, this movie is bad. I mean, it is really bad. Um, all right. Who's the other girl? Uh, Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Yes. Yeah. But you don't one... watch the Gianni Versace show? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, she's not in it as much as you'd think she's in it. You, she should be in it. Um, for only having two topics, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. The other the other woman? I never saw the other side. Wait, who's in, it? who's in the other woman? It's her and, like... Um, like isn't like Brooklyn Decker or somebody in that? Leslie, Kate Upton. Kate Upton, that's right. Yeah, this is another one that's been swimming around my Netflix queue of like five hundred movies for years. Nicki Minaj is in this. Victor Cruz. Well, now you got to see it. Uh, Don Johnson. That's I a different. That's the a right, different Victor. I don't Cruz. think that's the right Victor Cruz. <laughs> Only you would get this excited. Yeah, that's great. Uh, sex tape. Okay, sex tape. The, the last of my Jake least. Another Kasdan movie. How did, what does he have on Cameron Diaz <laughs> that he keeps bringing her into these horrible movies? He must like maybe he just lets her direct or something. But this movie made a lot of money, even though it was the worst. It was awful. Well, I think people thought that they like a movie. Like they, they, they wanted to make uh, what's that movie that Jason Segel was in? This was like coming off. Wasn't this coming off uh, the uh, Sarah Marshall? Sarah Marshall movie? Like, uh, no, no. I think Bad Teacher was off of Sarah Marshall. Oh. But, um, but no. But you're right. But I well, here's see. Here's what I think. You and, can't have a movie called Sex Tape and not have any nudity in it. Just to go back to Jake Kasdan, I just went to his. Um, you know, he's the director of your movie Jumanji. Um, he in development right now is Bad Teacher too. He's the attached director to it. Let's go through his. This oh, guy. so it won an award. All right, sex tip. Alliance of Woman Film Journalist Award. Right. It won special mention award. Award actress most in need of a new agent. <laughs> <laughs> and it won a Razzie for worst actor, actress. Uh, it won. Um, yeah. Wait, I'm just gonna go through this real quick. Jake Kazan. So the first movie he did was Orange County. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. As a Jack Black fan. Yeah. I do See, remember. I liked Orange County. I like loved actually. Isn't I loved that the that one movie. you were talking about? With what? Where he was the surfer? No. 
But we'll we'll go back to that later. Uh, off the air. And then he did Walk Hard, which is really funny. Yeah, Walk Hard was good. And then he did Bad Teacher. So then somebody told him he was funny. So he did Bad Teacher, Sex Tape, and Jumanji. Not a fan. Um, that's funny. And now Jumanji's going to make him like be able to make a lot of more movies because they made like $400 million. <laughs> Right. So wait, Sex Tape. So here's what I think. This is why I think it made a lot of money and why people went to because see it. Because it's called Sex Tape right. with Cameron Diaz. Right. So like you remember when you were like a kid and you were like walking around the movie store and there was like... Like, what was the movie... Remember there was a movie that starred... Um, what's her name? From um, from Back to the Future. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. It was called, like, something sex. It was, like, casual sex. or And they go to, like, an island or something. And, and you're like, this is great. There's no way there's not nudity in this. So you, like, talk your parents into renting it. They've already looked and they yeah. see that there's no N on the back. So you're like, yeah, yeah, you can... And you're like, What? You just thought that they left it off yeah. or something, like, you, yeah. and he fell for it every time because it had like the word "sex" in it. That's what I think happened with sex tape. Did sex tape needed to have nudity in it? I'm sorry. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't want to be perverted. I'm just saying you're making this whole movie about this sex tape, and you don't show any sex. You show this one montage sequence of dumb <laughs> sex stuff that they're not they're not clothed for. I don't know. It was stupid. The terrible. Movie. And then. She decides to pick Mrs. Hannigan in the Annie. As her swan song. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Did you ever see Annie? I've seen Annie a few times, actually. <laughs> because my niece loves that movie. And I just stare at it and I'm like, how do you like this? Like, it is so horribly done that when they're like doing Hard Knock Life, like, they have stuff. Like, when you see, like, their, like, where they're staying and everything, seems like they have a nice place. Like, even though they're in an orphanage, it's not like the old one where they're, like, got nothing. They got rags, you know? They're supposed to have, like, raggy clothes. They have, like, designer clothes and stuff. Oh, okay. I haven't, I've never seen it. I've it, never even... It doesn't make any sense. So, who's... Is, like, Jamie Foxx's daddy warbucks? Is that right? Yeah. And then, with the kid, ta Coates, what's her name? The little girl? I know it's not ta He's like a yeah. he's like an activist. He's like a really smart guy. What's what's her the girl's name? I don't even want to try it. the girl from Southern Beast of the Southern Wild. Oh, Nasi Wallace or something. But then it's got Rose Byrne as you know the the handler, and uh, Bobby Cannavale as the bad guy who works with. Uh, Wait, he his agent doesn't say no to anything. Well, him and Rose Byrne, I guess, have to be in everything together. Um, even though they're together. I just, it was just so horrible. Well, have you seen the movie, the got original? got nominated for two Golden Globes. Wow. Have you seen the original Annie movie at all? Oh, she won another award for this. <laughs> Most in need of an agent. Again. The same award. Oh, man. This is bad. Well, this is, this has been, uh. Yeah. So, I don't know if she's going to come back, but I feel like she needs to. Come back and uh, do something better than Annie. Well, I just looked. She at, can act. I looked at all the awards. There's a lot for Annie. Well, just of her her, her career. Yeah. Um, but I just was trying to see how many times she was nominated for Most in Need of a New Agent. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's something to look into because that's a pretty funny award. <laughs> 
she was nominated for uh, What the Fuck Moment for having sex in a car. Uh, yeah, she has sex uh, with a car in the movie. Uh, whatever. That's, That's a, stupid. It's, it's a terrible movie. She's won uh, New Agent a bunch of times. <laughs> Fucking on um, The Counselor, she won that too. Special mention award. Well, well, we we hope she comes back and uh, clears her name a little bit here on this last few movies. You know, the other thing is because there's so much content now, especially with the movement that's happening now. I'm sure she can find something. Well, one thing that's interesting is she's like a classic beauty, right? Yeah. But she's never had any work done that you can tell, right? She doesn't look. She's not like a, no. a lot of actresses her age that look that have done a lot of work. And you got to respect that. Um, as far as we know. Well, I'm and just she saying. Look like it. That's the way that it looks. Yeah. It does look like every picture of her now is a really shiny face, though. Um, I don't know. But anyway, that's our uh, segment on Cameron Diaz. We went long. Yeah. Well, hopefully, whoever we talk about next time they retire actually retires. She's retired, as, as of right now, according to Daily Mail. We'll come back and uh, do the uh, when she unretires. We'll, we'll discuss it. Now we're going to have to see that whatever movie comes out next. Hey. All right.